So I'm just going to um, go. So the first episode, I mean, there's so much to talk about. And, you know, my intro, um, <laughs> you might have one sense about me or another sense about me. Um, but anyway, if you keep listening, hopefully you can kind of um, develop a little bit more understanding of where I'm coming from my intentions, that kind of thing. Um, but it really doesn't even matter about me. What it matters about is God and what I feel God is speaking to me through scripture right now. And that's all I want to share and be vulnerable about, um, and allow people to receive, um, in a manner that is convenient, hopefully. Um, so one of the areas that, um, really struck me in the last week, so I'm just going to try to be making episodes, you know, once my kids are in bed and, um, putting stuff on here for people to listen to, but I've been reading first Samuel 20, um, to 25, which is incredible. I love this part of scripture. It's unreal. And what I want to talk about, so, I mean, you can go to first Samuel 20 to 25 and you can read through it for yourself, but basically, I mean, and you can read even more of that than just those sections, but you've got, um, the Israelites who asked God for a king, even though God is their king. He brought them out of slavery um, in Egypt and um, brought them to this promised land and gave it to them and has provided for them and performed miraculous signs and wonders to reveal himself to them so that they could know him and trust him. And they turn around and they say, well, we want a king. And they specifically say in scripture, we want a king to look like all these other nations around us. It's so funny that, you know, we get so short-sighted as humans. We do. We really do. I do. Um, so I can relate with these Israelites in how silly we get that way um, and how frustrating it must be for God. And anyway, so um, the interesting thing is he gave them a king. He, he told them this king would not be perfect. He told them that they already had him as a king and that he could lead them. And um, they did, they weren't happy with that. And so he said, okay, I'll give you a human king, but they're going to take things from you. They're going to be corrupt. They're not dependable. They deserve certain rights as your king. So, I mean, here's your king, but like you already have a king and doesn't require anything of you, but they still wanted their king. So he gave them Saul. Um, who was pretty good at first, and then he kind of starts to get a little ahead of himself. Uh, And you can read that in scripture. But anyway, um, eventually people don't like Saul. They're not very happy with him as their king. So God finds them a new king that he kind of brings up. And his compassion comes to them in this new king. And this new king is David, um, who's not king yet when you start to read this. And Saul actually loves David. David is, you know, you've probably heard of the story David and Goliath. David goes off to fight Goliath. Um, incredible story. Incredible story. And it's all in First Samuel. Um, so, you know, David is like the younger of his brothers. He is... Um, described as handsome and I think he's described as like slight or smaller in stature Um, and he is uh, shepherding the sheep and his brothers are off at war with the Israelites because the Philistines and the Israelites are kind of at a standoff and Goliath is this Philistine who comes out and he's like if one of your Israelite men can um, fight me and win, you can have us, but 
if I win, we get you kind of thing. So all these Israelite men are terrified because Goliath is described as like this huge giant. He has like, I don't know, 200 pounds of, um, uh, equipment on him. And, um, anyway, all the men, the bravest, the strongest of the Israelite army are lined up and they're not, they're terrified to go in after him. David is called to the battlefield to check on his brothers and his brothers actually scorn him. And they're like, what are you here for? I think he meant to bring them food or something. And um, they're like, what are you here for? You're just here to check in on the action. I know your evil heart. Like, they literally say this stuff to him. Like, it is so classic sibling being a nasty little shit disturber. Um, and they're just, like, constantly, like, and and he says to them, uh, what is what did I do now? <laughs> so it's, like, this back and forth banter that you can get from this even this ancient text that these brothers were constantly on his case and he was never good enough and they were constantly you know this religious spirit being thrown on him that he was just always poorly intentioned but they were too chicken to go and take over Goliath and so anyways David he rolls up and he's like who is this guy that questions the Lord that questions his armies that that comes after us and doesn't seem to pay any respect to the fact that um, our God is like the greatest God on earth and the only God on earth. And so um, he, you know, kind of shows up and he's like, well, who is this guy? Because his faith is huge and he doesn't need the armor. He doesn't need the strength. He just knows God. That's his courage. That's his confidence. Um, and so they start to explain things to him. He eventually goes into battle and he, before he goes into battle, he says, I'm used to tending the flock of sheep and I fight off bears and lions and stuff like that. Um, I can take a giant. And it's funny because when he says that to Saul, I think he, I think he's describing it to Saul. Um, he recognizes the intellect of the enemy and this, you know, Goliath guy, he's so, he recognizes that his intellect must be that of a bear or like an animal, that he's not actually smart enough to comprehend what he's going after here because he's playing with God's people. And I think of that in terms of, you know, his courage, his confidence in the Lord, but the Lord needs us to receive that sometimes when we come up to these enemies, the oppressed should know that their enemies are fooling around with the wrong people when you are part of God's people. Um, so it's just interesting. It's encouraging. Um, he goes and he actually uses a sling with a stone and he, I think pretty sure is one stone and he defeats him. Um, pretty gruesome stuff. I mean, the Bible is not PG, like cuts off his head. And he, anyway, storm, they, there's like a parade and everybody loves David and Saul gets jealous of David. Saul actually tries to get David to marry one of his daughters. It kind of falls through. He gets him to marry his other daughter and he hopes that in marrying his daughter that she will trip him up um, so that she will, I don't know, make him lazy or, you know, unfocused so that people will not think he's this great guy. But she actually falls in love with him, deeply in love with him. And Saul's son, Jonathan, falls in love with David, um, which is where this gets really interesting to me because this entire depiction of allyship starts to come forward. Um, Jonathan and David are now brother-in-laws. Jonathan's in line for the throne and David's in line for the throne, um, which is Saul's throne that he's given up because he's king now. And um, 
you know, eventually he's going to leave it and the next king will step into it. And it could be Jonathan or it could be David. And what is interesting is people want David and Jonathan wants David. He could have all of this. He could have the power of it. He could, he could be king. He could have the riches and control. He loves David as himself. That's what the scripture says. And he is so willing to put David above himself into that seat of power because he knows that David has been tested and his heart is good and that he's a warrior and he's confident in God. Um, so Jonathan finds out that his dad is trying to kill David because he's so jealous of him. And, um, Jonathan becomes David's ally. He goes behind his father's back and he hides David in the wilderness, sending David signals of whether it's safe or not. And he also like flat out, you know, talks to his dad in ways that would benefit David and his dad figures him out and gets mad at him and tries to kill him and he runs away from him and you know this is just where it gets so crazy because it's like this this is God playing out allyship in modern day what it should look like is you are you are relinquishing your title to that throne or your title to that power and that wealth and that authority and giving it over to the person who is being oppressed sought out and killed um, by the government, the king, Saul, and, you know, giving them that title to act because their heart is pure and you know their heart is pure when they've been tested and, and with their love of God. And so there's a lot of, you know, stuff in that that, you know, I think people can hear and maybe not agree with, but this is something that, you know, I read and this is just how I received it and it was incredible. Um, especially because I was quite resistive. If you read, if you listen to my intro, I was quite resistive to the concept of allyship and I didn't like the wording of it and everything like that. It just didn't sit well with me. And then when I read through this, it was like, oh my gosh, like God is literally calling us to be allies like this. He's literally calling us to lay it down for the people that he set before us to come and step in because he's tested their hearts and he's prepared them. And what's also interesting about David and Goliath is that God could have supernaturally defeated Goliath for David, for the Israelites. And um, that actually wouldn't have, um, I mean, it would have accomplished what needed to be accomplished, but God wanted them to be participants. God wanted David to be a participant. He actually allowed David the courage, the time to build the courage to go and defeat this giant. He didn't just snap his fingers and it's done. Um, That's miraculous that God wants your participation. He wants your relationship and your community with him um, so that you can defeat these giants of racism and sexism and whatever it is in your life. He wants you to do the work. God is, you know, not just calling you to come and sit down and witness everything. I mean, there is time for that, but it is really about doing the work and allowing the Lord to build you up into who you are. Um, So Jonathan recognizes David's heart and that he's a good person and that he should have the throne. He helps him to get away from his father, who's trying to kill him at the time. And, um, you know, it, it basically, you know, comes into a point where David um, and Saul are able to confront each other. And David actually spares Saul's life. He doesn't kill him. They're like in this cave and Saul's looking for him. And David sees Saul first and he cuts off a corner of his robe. And he actually has this like attack of his his conscience. And he realizes that he won't 
kill Saul because he still knows that Saul's anointed. He and David is so good at heart that he won't murder this man um, who's been trying to kill him for actually no reason and turns and isn't willing to fight fire with fire, basically. Then he confronts Saul and he shows him the cloth of his robe that he had cut off. And he says, basically, look, I'm not going to kill you. I know you've been trying to kill me. Like, turn and repent, man. Like, this is crazy. And, you know, it really convicts Saul at that moment. And he realizes how good of a person David is. And he recognizes that David should have the throne. Um, So it makes it much easier for David to step into that line. And I think this is really the submission that we need to see um, as white people in, you know, positions of power or authority in any sense, in any way, um, and control of wealth and money, that we are called by God to, to be allies to the people of color being oppressed that have been tested, that have, um, you know, the knowledge of God and the courage and, um, you know, conviction of God that are actually more prepared to step into leadership roles than we are, um, and where that is possible. And I don't think it always, you know, has to be in this specific, uh, example and taken so literally, but it is quite accurate to the concept of allyship is really just, you know, willing to have that partnership later on, but also being able to relinquish what you have and not hold on to it because it's ultimately about what God wants. And, you know, these people are very spiritual people. Um, David is very connected. He's a man of God. Like he is very connected to God. So there is so much work that needs to be done to be effective, to be safe, to be doing this, um, you know, properly with the authority of God on your life. Um, so I'm not just saying, you know, go ahead and start doing this, but, you know, certainly go read about it and see how you feel about it. And, um, it's interesting. 